0: Section 12 of Stories of the First American Animals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kristen Edwards. Stories of the First American Animals by George Langford. Poebro, The Toy Camel, Part 2. The Plains Folk took counsel among themselves all realized that the sabre-cat was a deadly menace. If they could not circumvent him somehow, they must either go away, or face destruction. The three-toed horse voiced the general sentiment. Our affairs are drifting from bad to worse, he said. First, the river-beasts ruin our park. Then, the giant pigs turn our woods upside down. And finally, the flesh-eaters come to destroy our lives, The sabre-cat is as swift-footed as we are. What shall we do?" "'I might suggest something,' replied the running rhinoceros, with some show of embarrassment. "'The river-beasts, as you may know, are relatives of mine. I did not invite them here,' he snorted, as his three friends pricked up their ears and glared at him. "'I have not the remotest idea where they came from, but, now that they are here and cannot be gotten rid of... My relationship to them may be turned to good account." "'How?' demanded Poebro, suspiciously. Although forced to accept the situation, his opinion of the river-beasts had not improved one whit. The running rhinoceros was observant enough to see what was in the little camel's mind. "'Now be careful, Poebro, or you will spoil everything,' he remonstrated. We are in a desperate plight, and dare not be over-particular. I am related to the river beasts, and I cannot help that, but it gives me an idea which I believe will work out nicely. I slipped past the giant pigs and down to the river this morning. There I met Brontus. Brontus? Who is he? Poebro demanded. One of the titan beasts, the largest, their leader, and not a bad creature, when once you know him. However, he is like all the rest of them, mean and stubborn or good-natured and agreeable, according to the notion he takes. Things have come to the point where we must cultivate his friendship." The hornless deer and three-toed horse nodded approval. Poebro scowled and ground his teeth together, but said nothing. The running rhinoceros assumed a more confident air. Poebro might be stubborn, but he was only one against three. Once on friendly terms with Brontus, he went on, we will have no trouble with the others. In this way we avoid the sabre-cat and ensure our safety, also our water supply. It is very simple." "'Simple as far as the water is concerned,' snapped Poebro. But as to our avoiding the sabre-cat, I do not see your point at all." The little camel was by nature timid, and feared the swift hunter above all things simple if you will see it the other retorted the sabre cat dare not attack the giant pigs or river beasts they are too big and strong for him if we stay near them they will protect us Brontus hinted as much to me but then as i said before we must be careful the way we treat him the hornless deer and three-toed horse again signified their approval poebro hesitated torn by contending emotions His fear of the sabre-cat vied with contempt for the vulgar rabble, but it took him only a moment to decide. His eyes blazed, his nostrils swelled scornfully. "'Associate with the river beasts,' he stormed. "'I say, no, no, no. Not one of those dirty brutes will have my friendship, even though I be driven into the sabre-cat's jaws.' He might have said more, for the very idea of his descending to the river beast's social plane was more than he could bear. Suddenly a change came over him. His tongue became paralyzed and froze to the roof of his mouth. His eyes started from his head. His whole body trembled as he stared, half-dead with fear, at something not a stone's throw distant. There lay a large boulder, and a pair of fierce eyes were peering from behind it. They were the eyes of his dreaded enemy. Espying the plains folk from a distance, the sabre-cat had crept up unobserved, skillfully making use of every shrub and stone to conceal his approach. A few yards more and he would have been well within striking range. But fortunately for the plains folk, Poebro caught sight of him just in time. The little camel managed to find the use of his tongue. "'The sabre-cat!' he screamed. RUN! RUN FOR YOUR LIVES!" Out leaped the fleet racer and the plains folk scattered in all directions. Poebro heard the patter of soft feet close at his heels. He snatched one quick glimpse behind him. The sabre-cat had singled him out and was racing after him with the swiftness of the wind. A fresh burst of speed which taxed his utmost powers, and Poebro barely maintained his lead. He fairly flew over the meadow, but the sabre-cat kept pace with him, travelling at a tremendous rate with his long leaps and bounds. Poebro despaired, never before had he attained such speed, and yet he could no more than hold even with his relentless pursuer. There must be an end some time, and soon. His strength was failing rapidly. He could not long maintain that terrific pace. In his terror and desperation the little camel suddenly turned and dashed toward the vast open country, the barren wastes of the sand-dunes. His pursuer stopped short as his feet touched the first patch of soft, yielding sand. To him the desert seemed a dreadful place. He snarled horribly as he watched Poebro speed swiftly away. "'That little camel will soon be mine,' he said between his clenched teeth. "'He must have water, and he will find none in the sand country. "'All I need to do is watch and catch him when he returns.' Poebro never halted in his flight across the sand dunes until he felt sure that the sabre-cat had abandoned the chase. Then he stopped. "'Sand! Sand everywhere!' its emptiness and vastness were appalling in the distance behind him where desert merged into meadow stood his dreaded enemy what if i had not seen him and he had secured a quicker start the idea gave him the shivers and he decided to stay where he was for the present poebro hated the sand country but the sabre cat apparently liked it even less the place possessed no attractions BUT IT WAS A HAVEN OF REFUGE, AND THE LITTLE CAMEL WAS MORE THAN GLAD SO TO MAKE USE OF IT FOR THE TIME BEING. IT WAS NOW LATE IN THE AFTERNOON. POEBRO BEGAN TO FEEL HUNGRY AND THIRSTY, TOO. HE LOOKED ABOUT HIM. I AM SAFE ENOUGH FROM THE SABER CAT, HE THOUGHT. NOBODY WOULD CHOOSE TO ANNOY ME HERE. BUT THE QUESTION IS, HOW AM I GOING TO EAT AND DRINK? SOMETHING OF A PROBLEM. TRUE, IT WAS A SAFE PLACE TO BE IN for a time. There was no end of room to run around in, but green grass and water were conspicuous by their absence. Poebro was not long in discovering this, and it worried him greatly. "'I must eat, and I must drink,' he whimpered. "'I wish that mean brute would go away and let me alone.' But the sabre-cat would not go away. The little camel could see him in the distance, moving about upon the meadow." none of poebro's companions was in sight he felt hungry and thirsty and lonesome too and would have given much to be with his friends munching sweet grass and cooling his throat with refreshing drink but hunger thirst and craving for companionship could not equal his fear of the sabre cat as night came on he withdrew further into the sand country for he was fearful that his enemy might sneak up and catch him unawares if he stayed too close to the meadows. His surroundings were strange to him, and he passed a bad night. With the first appearance of morning light he made off for the meadows, hoping that the sabre-cat had tired of his vigil and gone away. As he came in sight of the grassy region, at first his heart fluttered with joyful anticipation. His friends were not there, to be sure but it would seem that the sabre-cat was not there either. A stone lay upon the ground. Otherwise the meadow was bare, except for the grass that grew upon it. The sight of that grass filled the little camel's heart to bursting. Soon his stomach would be in the same condition, provided he got safely to it. He quickened his pace, and then—the stone—suddenly—came to life and bounded toward him with the speed of the wind. Poebro was half mad with hunger and thirst, but his legs and wind were still in working order and he made good use of them. Back he flew into the sand country, with the sabre-cat, hot after him. For a second time Poebro outran his enemy and escaped. The sabre-cat soon dropped the chase. He merely wished to frighten the little camel and keep him away from the meadows. Hunger and thirst would do their work in a short time, and then he would have an opportunity to eat his fill of camel-flesh. Meanwhile, Poebro was speeding across the desert. Nor did he stop until he could no longer see the meadows behind him. He had slowed down to a trot, and was dropping into a fast walk when he saw to the left of him a shallow depression with the green tops of something protruding from its bottom. He turned in that direction and discovered a puddle of water with long grass growing out of it. The next moment he was bending over it, prepared for a long, deep drink. The water was so hot and foul it almost made him sick. But it was better than nothing. He drank only a little, however, just enough to moisten his tongue and throat. Then he turned his attention to the grass. Rank? Worse than that. He screwed up his face at the first taste of the bitter juice. It was hard work chewing it to a pulp, and still worse gulping it down. Even his tough, leathery stomach shifted uneasily as it received the first consignment. It was empty enough to endure almost anything, but that dose of foul water and nasty green mass following closely after was certainly straining a point. However, it did its best to manage the horrible stuff, hoping that it would never have to do so again. Poebro ate but sparingly of the grass, just enough to keep him alive for another day. Then, when nearly dead with hunger and thirst, he again endured the operation of eating and drinking at that filthy pool, thus managing to exist for several days. But finally he could stand it no longer, And decided to return to the meadows even though this meant another race with the sabre-cat. Perhaps the beast had wearied of his vigil and gone away. Poebro hoped so, for this would give him a chance to secure the food and drink which he sorely craved. So he journeyed across the desert to the meadows and nearly wept for joy when he saw that his enemy had disappeared. Of course the latter too must eat, and no doubt he was away somewhere attending to his own wants however there was no telling just how soon he would return and so poebro made good use of the opportunity afforded him he hurried to the nearest grass plot and ate as he had never eaten in all his life his hunger being appeased he trotted to one of the well-known drinking-places and attended to his thirst it was a feast fit for a king never had he so enjoyed himself he would have liked to lie down and doze and thus round out a heavenly morning, but of course that was asking too much. The sabre-cat might return at any moment, and Poebro shuddered as he reflected that with all that grass and water in his stomach he would have a hard time if it came to another of those nerve-racking runs. He could not stay where he was, that was certain. He hated the very idea of going back alone to the sand country. Then too there were his friends to consider. What had become of them? They must have gone to the river. He recalled what the running rhinoceros had said about making friends with the titan beasts. He pursed his lips scornfully. Yes, it must be that the plains folk had taken refuge with them. He would go and see. He crossed the meadows to the woods, meanwhile keeping a sharp lookout for the sabre-cat and other enemies that might be roving about. However, he managed to reach the forest Unmolested. He was making his way gingerly through the underbrush when he heard footsteps approaching. He stopped and remained perfectly still so that he might escape being seen or heard. The unknown kept on and was almost abreast of him when Poebro gave a squeal of delight and jumped out to meet him. The newcomer was the three toed horse. Both were mightily pleased to meet, for each considered the other his dearest friend. "'And so you escaped the sabre-cat?' the three-toed horse exclaimed joyfully. "'It seems too good to be true. Where have you been hiding yourself?' "'In the sand-country,' Poebro replied. "'The brute would not follow me there.' "'Of course not,' said the other. "'The place would not keep a squirrel alive. "'I do not see how you managed to exist.' i know the little camel sniffed making a horrible face as he remembered his daily dose of medicine at that stinking pool the grass and water are the worst i ever tasted but even they are better than being killed by the sabre cat poor old poebro sighed the three-toed horse you have had more than your share of trouble but soon everything will be all right you must return with me matters are now all nicely arranged the river beasts are our friends and you need worry no more about that wretched sabre-cat poebro's manner became frigid in an instant he raised his head and gazed coldly at the other your friends he sniffed who would imagine that you could come to that i know i couldn't i may be less particular than you the three-toed horse explained something had to be done for we knew that sooner or later the sabre-cat would catch us if we remained upon the meadows you chose the sand country we the river beasts and i warrant that we are more satisfied with our choice than you are with yours how did you arrange it easy enough the running rhinoceros had already prepared the way and only a little care on our part was needed to ensure complete success you see these river beasts are too stupid to learn much of anything they know how to eat drink and sleep but not much else they are stubborn as well as stupid and are about as mean as any animals i know of when they take a strong dislike to anyone. on the other hand they are remarkably good-tempered when treated and spoken to kindly they had not enough sense to see just how we did it but our soft words pleased them and they gave us everything we wanted food drink and protection from the saber-cat and dearly bought the little camel muttered in tones of deepest scorn his friend looked at him sharply now be sensible probro he protested things have changed since the old days and we must change with them your pride will not help you it may be too late when you discover this even Brontus, with all of his dullness was sharp enough to see that you were not with us He and all the rest know what you think of them. The first thing he said after we had made our peace with him was, "'What has become of that conceited little camel? No objection to your making your home here, but I will have something else to say if he tries to sneak in. Where is he now?' "'I told about our brush with the sabre-cat, and how he had probably caught and killed you. But Brontus flew into a great rage. "'I know where he is and what he is doing,' he bellowed i know everything that is going on about here even on the meadows and in the sand country beyond you see the little horse explained if you do not join us soon it will be too late brontus may never give you another chance but poebro only shook his head obstinately those river beasts are more than i can endure he said imagine my treating them as equals i will have nothing to do with them i won't go his friend pleaded and strove to reason with him, but in vain. The little camel had neither hunger, thirst, nor the sabre-cat to worry him at the moment, and he was thinking only of his contempt for the river-beasts. Things had not yet come to such a pass that he need demean himself by associating with such low and vulgar animals. No use arguing. He would live his life alone if he had to. There seemed nothing more to be said, so the two parted. Now that he had learned how matters stood, the little camel returned to the meadows. He had a faint hope that he might be permitted to remain there unmolested, for he saw no sign of the sabre-cat. He was even thinking of lying down upon the cool grass for a rest, when, swish, something shot through the air and frightened him almost to death. Away he flew, only to slow up after a short run on discovering that it was merely a large mink that had so startled him. However, this incident ruffled his nerves considerably, and when a bit later a pack of civet-dogs rushed out at him from behind some bushes, he considered it high time for him to get back into the sand-country, where he belonged. It seemed only a moment since he had last eaten and slaked his thirst but his recent run and the scorching sun had heated him greatly and already he was beginning to feel the need of food and drink however he dared not return to the meadows for those civet dogs had not yet gone away and no doubt the sabre cat was hiding somewhere near i have that ill-smelling pool anyhow he consoled himself if worst comes to worst i can get along with that for a time he turned his steps in that direction to make sure it was still there and could be depended upon. To his surprise and consternation, he saw a cat like figure sprawled upon the sand beside it and fast asleep. That figure was the Sabre Cat. That camel has found water somewhere, he determined, as the days passed and Poebro managed to exist away from the meadows. So he had ventured into the desert that very day and discovered what he was after. Poebro's tracks were plainly visible. I can rest here and catch him when he returns. If he does not return before long, I will go back to the meadows and find him. This seemed a very good plan, so the sabre-cat lay down to rest. Unfortunately for him he not only rested, but fell so soundly asleep that Poebro had time to hurry away before his persecutor could awake and follow him. The little camel was indeed in dire straits. His enemy now guarded not only the meadows, but the pool, too. Bad as the latter was, Poebo would have given anything to possess it undisturbed. He tried to find another, but without success. Drinking holes in the desert were decidedly scarce, for little rain fell there, and what did fall dried up faster than it could accumulate. The days passed he made several attempts to reach the meadows, waiting until night so that he could slip up to them without being seen. Here, too, he failed. Those dogs and the sabre-cat saw better in the dark than they did by day. Poebro was taking desperate chances now, for lingering death awaited him unless he soon obtained food and water. But he was rapidly growing weaker, and one night, After a long run across the desert with the hot breath of the sabre-cat scorching his heels, he gave up the hopeless struggle, and decided to throw himself upon the mercy of the river-beasts. They had received his friends, and would receive him too, when they learned what he had endured from the flesh-eaters. Yes, he would swallow his pride. He would speak gently to the river-beasts, and treat them more kindly than they deserved. He was worn out, in body and spirit, and could no longer struggle against fate. Once having made this decision, he felt really much relieved. He would be courteous and kind, and treat the river beasts as his equals, and yet this in a manner becoming his dignity. So he crossed the desert until he came within sight of the meadows. Here he waited until a favourable chance presented itself for a dash across them, then away he flew over the grass to the woods. Once there, he proceeded cautiously to avoid a clash with any giant pig he might meet. All went well with him, and he got safely through. He was trotting to the river-bank when a loud voice bellowed him to halt. He stopped, and a huge, ungainly animal came lumbering toward him. It was Brontus, leader of the Beasts of Titan. End of section 12.